right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here, have our old friend Shane Bacon on. He was on our live show on Thursday last week, and just it reminded me that we need to have that guy on more frequently. He used to be a very regular guest on this podcast, but he's gotten very busy with podcasts of his own, Golf Today, all the stuff he's doing with NBC and Golf Channel, but it was good to just debrief uh, with him on the 150th Open at St. Andrews, his week there. We talked a lot of Rory. I tried to talk a lot of Cam Smith, but we talked a lot of Rory. Look, I'm just going to be honest. Talk some speed, talk some live stuff, of course, at the end. But uh, great to have a catch-up chat with Shane. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach and official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA Tours. If you don't know, the all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. The device features a new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed ready to take on the day. It is great at monitoring your decision-making. You've heard me say this many times, but it just prevents you from having an unnecessary drink or maybe having the fifth drink that you don't need when you learn that, hey, when I have this many drinks, my sleep decreases by this much and my heart rate goes through the roof and I need more rest and I'm not getting the rest and all this. It's it's fantastic tool. I really don't know why people would not want something like this. It's great data on how you're living your life. And the new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 50 15% off when you use code NLU15 at checkout. Go to whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, enter NLU15 at checkout to save 15%. Here is Shane Bacon. So my friend, what is it like calling golf at the old course? You know, it's it's one of the, I mean, every moment is kind of a pinch me moment when you do these things the first time. I mean, you know, getting an opportunity to kind of be a part of the Masters coverage last year, I remember being so surreal that, you know, you're a small part of this kind of mechanism that is the masters and Augusta national and the experience that for years you consumed in a way. And then, yeah, there was a moment on live from where, you know, it was like the setting was behind me, right. It was 17 and yeah, it was just wild. You know, I mean, we went over there as, as idiot buddies, you know, in Oh six, me and my buddy will, and got these kind of dream jobs. We didn't realize they were dream jobs at the time. Right. We just thought it'd be a cool experience and we knew nothing, you know, that's what part of the experience is like when you're a kid, it's like, your whole Europe experience, right? I'm sure when you took that job, you know, you were thinking this is going to be sweet, but I'm sure you never in a million years thought I'd travel to however, I mean, how many countries did you go to in cities and stuff like that? Do you know the number? 43, I think, something like that. Yeah, I mean, crazy, right? And again, like at the time you're doing it, you're not kind of thinking this is going to be a humongous part of my life. And yeah, to, to kind of be back in that in that world, you know, broadcasting and open for the first time and being, you know, a, a small footprint in that whole, uh, system is, was, was pretty wild. It was very, very cool to kind of be back in, in that setting at that place. That was my first open, you know, so to do your first open it at the old course. And again, kind of having that, that small connection to it from the caddying experience was, a was a very, very wild, you know, feather in my cap type of work environment that I'll remember for a long time. 
you know, it kind of hit me maybe later than it should in terms of like, you know, you're talking about how special it is called the Masters. And listen, I'm, sh- I'm sure it is. I'm going to have to take your word for it on that one. But the Masters is every year. And the old course, the Open Championship to the old course is not every year. And it's usually every five. This one's been seven. Rumors are the next one's eight. And I think it just kind of hit me of like r- what Cameron Smith did on that back nine is a true, true once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He's going to have a chance to win the Masters next year. He's going to have a chance to win the Masters in 2024. He's going to have a chance in 25, blah, blah, blah. But, like, who knows where the, his golf game will be in 2030 and whether or not he'll have a chance at the old course. And he shot a back 930 to go do it. And uh, I think some of the Rory grief kind of – I don't I don't know. We, we gave him his due, I think, on the Sunday show, but a little bit of the Rory grief has stood in the way of being in awe of what just happened. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's part of the bummer of someone like, again, and not to take anything away from Cam, I think so much of us in the media and, you know, people like you and I who are not too far off similar age to Rory. We've grown up with Rory kind of being our guy. Um, I guarantee you that, you know, you talk to Jaime and, and, you know, the late Dan Jenkins and it felt like, you know, Arnie and Jack were their guys, you know, because they kind of follow them, you know, they follow their path and got to see them grow up and win big tournaments and I've always, you know, there's a joke, you know, like how sad we all get, 30-year-old men get when Roy doesn't win. But, you know, he's going to be 40 when it returns. I was thinking of this about Spieth. You know, we were doing the Spieth feature group on Sunday with Spieth and, Spieth and Patrick Cantlay. And I made the point, you know, I mean, he's going to be – he turns 29, I think, in next week, okay? So he's 37. You know, what's Jordan Spieth's golf game going to look like at 37 when all we're seeing is youth dominating this sport right now? So – you're so right. I mean, the Masters every year, it's so hard to win the Masters, especially when you need to win it. You know, when you're Greg Norman or when you're Rory McIlroy specifically. I was watching – this is an incredibly nerdy thing, but uh, today, which is Monday, my kids were doing – all right, so when you have two kids, Solly, and I know you'll get there one day, but the, the key to a great two-kid day when you're an alone parent, and my wife left this morning, like, jettisoned out of the house, as she should. It's been like nine days with two kids. But when, when you have two kids – the dream is the two nap at the same time. And it, it happens. I mean, it really does happen, but it's a really small window when the baby's down and the three-year-old's down. So I'll throw, like if I'm listening to a podcast or if I'm just kind of sitting outside doing nothing, just staring in the abyss, I'll throw on old masters because you could put it on mute and it's great. And I had 99 on today and I forgot Norman was like in the hunt and 90, like really truly in the hunt in 99. And you think about just – being so cursed in that environment, and to this point, Rory's been that for us, and really those are the two names that I think stand alone at Augusta National, but they get every year to do it. And Tiger won twice at the old course, and Jack won twice at the old course, and Jordan had a chance in his prime, and he didn't get it done, you know, and that's a bummer because he's most likely not going to win an open at the old course, you know, if you just did numbers, right? And the same can be said about Rory, and I think that is probably the enormity of the disappointment for Rory McIlroy is the fact that you're going to get another crack at this truly. And where's your golf game going to be then, right? Because he wants it to click one week a year in April. And now if you want to win an Open at the old course, it's got to click one week a decade, right? I mean, that's just so hard to have it happen. And I think that's when you get so close to this and you have someone outplay you, when you put yourself in a position where you could go out there and in theory shoot 70 or 69 to win and somebody, you know, I'm sure at night you're talking to your manager and your agent and your caddy and your wife and you're like, if I shoot 69, I'm probably going to win this thing unless somebody goes nuts. And unfortunately for Rory, somebody went nuts. And every time somebody, and I, it wasn't a collapse, right? But 
it wasn't great play. I think you and I are both in agreement that it wasn't a great round of golf by any stretch of the imagination. And when you add up those half strokes, I listened to you guys on Sunday night, and I thought you guys made a great point about the half strokes, right? The half par holes. When you give three or four of those away, those are bogeys, right? I mean, those add up to a couple of bogeys. And so, you know, he Rory didn't play well. He played very safe all day, and somebody went out there and still had to do it. And when Spieth you know, fell apart late at Augusta. Who was there? Bogey free 67. You know, when Norman fell apart in 96, it was a bogey free 67. Like somebody normally plays great and you just hope that you're okay or good is good enough. And it wasn't good enough. And most likely Rory and Jordan and JT and these guys, they'll get one more crack at the old course. That's so wild to think. And you know, Cam Smith now is a part of that legacy forever and one of the great rounds in open history, really. You know, it's funny. We were joking. Uh, I put the tweet out today. is like back when you were our first ever guest on the podcast back in uh, 2014, I believe. The co- Is that right, yeah. by the way? That is that I was the first guest. Yeah, you guest, were the first huh? ever guest. I, I, it's, it's, I mean, that was 20, what, 14? That was eight years ago. And, but it, the conversations that is so back then were like, man, I, th- I think Rory's going to get to 10. <laughs> like, I really do. And listen, it was it outrageous and, uh, you know, uh, caught up in the moment and no perspective on how the, you know, the math shakes out on these things. Yes, it was. But at the time, the golf landscape was different. It was not, I would venture to say, not as competitive even seven years, eight years later. It's way more competitive now is what I'm saying back then. And it was possible to gobble up a lot of majors in a short period of time. At least it feels more possible than it does now. Because I look at how the major champions this year, Scotty Scheffler, mid-20s, Justin Thomas, late-20s, Matt Fitzpatrick, also in his 20s, and now we have uh, Cameron Smith in his mid-20s, like, between Rory was runner up and semi runner up this, you know, if you if you give him the birdie on the last, if he's trying to get that up and down, I, I'm fine with that. Semi runner up to dudes that were not a part of the professional golf landscape eight years ago. Right. Right. And like, it, so it is a totally different thing of, uh, you know, it's kind of one in one out guys fall off. Jason day falls off, blah, blah, blah. Guys kind of weave their way out, but he's now getting beat by dudes that he never even like were was considering, six, seven, eight years ago. And it just, I'm wondering if that's going to end up weighing on him in terms of like, dude, how freaking hard it is to win it. Cause he's beat by two, two Cameron young as well as a second guy, right, the younger than right. him that is doing it and did and did it in that fashion, right? Shoot 65, you know, I mean, it's going out there and getting it. And you know, Solly, I mean, we, we struggle so much in this game to really define what greatness is because is it the majors? Is it winning? Is it consistency? And I've kind of landed on greatness is just lasting. You know, I mean, it's, can you have a long career? Because Rory's that guy of this generation. It's kind of Rory and DJ, right? Those are the guys that were around when you started the podcast, that were top 10 players when you know we were talking about this and whatever eight years ago, right? And JT wasn't around really then. And, you know, Jordan Spieth was like a what, teenager, probably went into the John Deere around that time, right? I mean, these – these guys were just coming up, and Rory was really good back then. And he's had his down years, but he's still won, and he's won a lot of stuff. And it's just, you know, I mean, he's he's so good at everything, and even his bad stuff is still really good that it's just going to make up for a lot of errors. And, you know, I, I don't know about you. I mean, you play tournament golf a decent amount. I know you probably don't play as much tournament golf as maybe you did you know, three or four years ago, and I'm obviously the same, you know, I mean, just moving up here and more work, you know, more work stuff. I try to play in the summer. I try to play in all the Connecticut golf stuff, but at least for me, when I play stuff and I'm nervous, I feel like I don't miss short. I always miss wide. So 
if the pin's tucked right, I feel like my nervy shot is to hit it 30 feet left, right? Or if I have a putt and I'm a little nervy on it, I'm going to leave it short. And I felt like that was kind of Rory on Sunday was – it was never to short side yourself. It was almost to follow, like, I know, you know, that John Wood Tiger thing went around a lot, but it was almost to follow those guidelines of play smart, play safe, play a solid round of golf, and you'll win. And that's just, dude, Rory wins these majors by a million. You know, like, go out there and shoot 65 and win like you did the two you won by eight on. And I get not trying to take too much on, but I don't know. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I just feel like it's, it's safe a lot with Rory until he needs to get it. And when he needs to get it, he shoots 64, 65, like he did it at the Masters. And I almost just wish, like, he could change the mentality and go in on Sunday and go, what, can I shoot the lowest score today? Like, can I be the, the best round of golf today? Because he did that on Thursday and Friday and even Saturday, right? It's like, go out there and play a great round of golf and see how low you can go. And it just felt so safe on Sunday. And, and all of a sudden, like, it felt like Fast and the Furious when the guys hit the Nas, you know? It was like... Oh shit! The guy just, you know, in fifteen speed doubled eight. I, I, I think that's right. Yeah. He, he four putted eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that was kind of it. And I feel like there was that moment where speed clicked clicked in on the back nine. And I can't remember how many birdies he made or what he birdied. Obviously, outside of sixteen. But I don't know. I, I just felt like when Cam started making the birdies for Rory, it was let's get back into the mode that we played the first fifty four holes in. And you know, I don't know. It just it was like he couldn't get back there. You know, and and so I don't know if he just. It was so unaggressive early that clicking into that was just too tough for him late. And then you get to the last four holes where we're really only birdie holes 18, you know. I was trying to pull up, and the OWGR site won't let it work in terms of what the world ranking was, all those guys that were up there in, in 2014. But when it comes to, to Rory, it, it that final round, I don't remember if I said this on the show or not, and this is, of course, perfect plenty. Uh, if I didn't, it sounds like like a million percent high, uh, you know, hindsight. I thought 68 was the number. I thought if he got to 20, and I tweeted this out during the middle of the day, I was like, if he takes care of these, these are the four holes he's got to get. Take care of those. There's holes that he should. Takes care of those. Then someone's got to finish. One of the Camerons has to shoot seven under in the last 13 to catch him. And one of the Camerons did shoot seven under, and the other one shot six under in that stretch. So that part happened. Pretty crazy. And he didn't take care of the holes he needed to. He didn't go backwards on any holes, but... I, I just don't I don't think it was too conservative. I don't think, you know, he was pounding drivers up there. He was trying to drive nine. He was he drove ten. He was, you know, he, his decision making didn't change. He just didn't hit the ball close. Like that not the the the, the pitch in the nine just had to be a little bit closer. You know, he did hit it pretty close on three and then he missed the putt. Like that was the one miss yeah. you look at that you say, look, that's the one you really should have made. The rest of them were, you know, he had Decent runs at it. 17, I kind of need a little better run at it than a ball that just kind of falls off low. It just was like, dude, he didn't hit it close enough. And nothing went in. Nothing from long range. And if you give yourself like a bunch of 25% putts throughout the course of a day, like there is a good chance that none of them will fall. Like I know math would say you'll make one out of four or whatnot, but like it's not a guarantee that that'll happen. And uh, he, the eight-footers and ten-footers that he missed were, you know, that's more on him than it is on the math or whatnot. It, but I, I still put more on not positioning himself great in that final round. And it just, man, it felt like when Cam birdied 13, and it felt like like my, my like, the Neil and I were upset in the kill house, and we were watching with our wives. And they're like, it's fine. Like, he's tied. Like, it's fine. It's like, no, no, Rory's got to hit a big shot now. Now it is all on yeah, him. He's yeah. got to hit it. And, dude, he hit no big shots past the 10th hole. Not one. He had... 
it, it's, it was no highlight on the day. I mean, that's what's so wild. You think about Saturday and, like, the bunker shot and how enormous of a moment that was in the golf tournament. And it was just – it was like – it was like you go to like Counting Crows with your like best buddies and you guys listen to Counting Crows all through college. You're like, man, just play Mr. Jones. Like, just do it. Like, I know, like, I know you guys played a lot, but can you just hit me on the end with it? And they won't do it the whole show. Like, there was never a Mr. Jones moment for Rory on Sunday. And like, dude, same thing. And I said this on our on our pod on our podcast rap show on Sundays. Like, I walked out after Speeth finished on 15. And I saw Porter, and his face was like, <laughs> "It's over." Like he had this look on his face, like we're kind of done here. And there, and he was, and Rory's teeing off on sixteen, you know. And I just, and I kind of felt it too, you know. It just the 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 bummer of it was he, he just didn't take advantage of, you know, what four through three through twelve, and when you don't take advantage of those holes, you know, it's you might have to play catch up on the harder holes. And they, there's not a whole bunch of really hard holes at St Andrews. When it doesn't blow, but like you don't want to try to get birdie on 15, 16, and 17. So there's two shots that I look back at that, all right, quick, quick one word answer. Who's a longer driver here, Rory McElroy or Cam Smith? Think it's Rory. Cam Smith chased one up on the 12th green, on the front of the 12th green, because he had the right trajectory on that tee shot. Rory did not even reach the bunker with driver because he hit the, a shot with the wrong trajectory. He hit it too high. He did not hit the proper Lynx golf shot. Which now you get to eighteen, you need to drive it. You need to make eagle. But even let's say he would have hit the right, you know, made the birdie on twelve. Then he's one behind going into eighteen. He still didn't even reach the valley of sin because he again hit the wrong trajectory. That ball landed too soft. You you know this, like he knows this too. There's a links driver shot that is going to go the furthest, and it is not his stock PGA Tour shot. It is a different trajectory, one that Cam Smith was able able to find, and Rory wasn't. And look, I know there's funny bounces, and you can't control if your ball hits on a downslope in reality right. and all that stuff, but those balls stopped on a dime on what, some of the firmest fairways I've ever seen, and Cam's did not. And it just goes, that's the part that I'm like, man, the execution from tee to green was not there. And I think that's, you know, 18 greens can mean one thing, but at St. Andrews, I just, that number really just doesn't mean a whole lot because if you're hitting it to 35 feet all day, it just doesn't mean that much. Yeah, I, and again, I, I think I think what you said off the top was you know making sure that the credit is given to Cam Smith and what he did. <laughs> and because, all we've done is talk about Rory. <laughs> like, well, I, and and I, and I was looking this up. Like like Cam Smith won three times this year. His scoring average on the Sundays of his wins is 65. Like this dude has gone out and got it on Sundays at these tournaments. Like, th- I mean, credit to him. And and you guys were joking, and I was I was laughing with you guys on Saturday night about the decision making from Cam <laughs> in that round. And Cam is totally when it's locked, it's scary as hell, and it can go so low. And he just got locked. He didn't make that putt on nine, and for whatever reason, he got pissed off, and it was game on from there. And you know, you're basically for Rory McIlroy, you got to get to eighteen t and picking up one more shot, ten on down, and he just couldn't do that. And when you do that, now you, all of a sudden you got to make two. You got to drive the green. You got to birdie seven. You got to birdie seventeen and eighteen, which is seventeen was playing harder than both par fives. Like it's going to be a really tough ask, even as good a shot as he had in there. And so he'll be kicking himself. Was it Saturday that Rory didn't birdie eighteen? When we were joking about kind of that killer birdie, or was that Friday when he was just short? And I was like, man, killer Rory would have made birdie here. He birdied it, you know, just he short. He birdied of green. it on Saturday, but did not birdie it on Friday. He, the Friday was a Friday when he was just short of it because he kind of kind of had it rocking, and he was just short. I'm like, you know, killer Rory birdies here and really kind of is like goes into the weekend, and he gassed it by ten feet, didn't make yeah. the putt, and you know there are these little things here and there right throughout the week where. 
there are certain holes where you have to make three, you know, and, and 18, if you're Roy McIlroy, you, you basically got to feel like you got to make three and maybe a two one day. And you, you, I mean, you're right. You come up short there a couple times. Like, he gets in anything if you're Rory McIlroy, and, and I'm assuming it's going to get to the green, even into the wind. There are a lot of dudes getting there plenty easily, and he more than has enough yeah. speed. And that, that that those balls just have to get there. And look, I know winds can shift a lot between, but it's like we're talking about back-to-back groups here, where Cam Young is driving it pin high, and I know he's a bomber, but literally Cam Smith made it up on the front of that green, and Rory couldn't get it there, and that just was a little bit bizarre. But there's a little, you know, there's some discussion on our message board. You know, uh, Randy's been beating this drum a little bit, uh, and I'm I'm curious in your your take overall. You can either say it could be the two of us, can be the you know all of us here at NLU, it could be all of our tour sauce chat, whatever it is, or it could be golf media as a whole. Do we give Rory a pass? Like, do do you feel like people give Rory a pass in general for for anything because we like him? I don't think so. I think we're pretty hard on Rory. I think you guys are hard on Rory and you like him. I think I'm hard on Rory and I really like the guy a lot. Um, I mean, I think, you know, you read through what was written. You know, I mean, that Joel Beal's piece was lovely if you hadn't read that. And, you know, it kind of dove into coming up short and and the miserable parts of it. What's so weird is, Solly, is it feels in a weird way with Rory in the majors now what it used to kind of feel like for me and Phil, you know, when Phil hadn't won one yet. And I was a lefty growing up. I was obsessed with Phil Mickelson, obviously. I was a Phil guy over a Tiger guy. I mean, how are you not if you're a left-handed golfer and, you know, potentially pursuing colleges in Arizona? So I was always a Phil guy. And, you know, every major was – it was so stressful. You were more stressed watching Phil than you were playing in junior tournaments yourself. And it feels almost like this is Rory's first again, right? Because – it's been so long. It's another. It's another golfing lifetime ago. The last time Rory McIlroy won a, a major. You said it. I mean, it's it's different. It's a completely different world outside of about two names, and one of those names doesn't really play on the PJ Tour anymore. So, you know, it's it, it's kind of our guy. And I think it, you're you're rooting for the the legend that can't get it done. You know, you're you're rooting for this otherworldly guy that makes it look so beautiful and effortless. And he's such a stand-up guy, and he's smart. And he's honest, and he puts it out there, and he cries next to Greens, and he's close with his parents, and he's got a great family, and he and he, and he's and he understands like I fly private planes, and I need to do something about that. Like, who the hell thinks like that? What rich person's ever said something like this? And Rory makes it a point to donate whatever he was doing in terms of of helping the world out because he knows that a part of his life is burning more fuel than other people do, right? I mean. This is nobody in his position thinks the way Rory thinks. And so I think there's a way it's a little bit like Max in a way where you you feel like you know the guy even if you don't. You feel like if if you in a in a in a world where if you walked into a bar and you sat next to the person you'd probably be pals. Like I think collectively a lot of us feel like that with Rory and we're not I mean we're not we're not friends with Rory McIlroy, you know? Like like people think like Rory is like Rory's in his world and Rory is an incredibly famous and high accomplished human being but in a way I think we all relate to him in a way in sometimes because he he's the he goes to he's the realist he, that's what I fall back on he's it's, he's real all the it, time and when it sucks he's real and when he gets pissed off he's real you know like he doesn't shy away from it he doesn't he he's always answered the questions at least honestly about the good and the bad and that is hard as hell to do it's hard to do in any walk of life and he does it at some of the highest walks of life in the world so it's so easy to root for him that I think 
it's really easy to have your heart broken alongside with them. And as that's well. where I, I would very much tend to agree that I don't think he gets a pass at all. If anything, he gets so much more attention on every major that he has a failure. Whereas, candidly, if Cam Smith would have finished T24 this week, we would not have mentioned his name. Like, we would have just been like, yeah, what, okay, whatever week. And if Rory finished T24, we would have been slamming him. I mean, we would have been, what's going on with Rory at the majors? It's been eight years now, blah, blah, blah. And look, I, the point I've just been trying to make, and, and apologies if I'm repeating this or if you've listened to all of our stuff this weekend, is like, this was a different season. This was a different performance. This was different level of competing in majors. And that's, look, is that a little bit of congrats you peed in the potty a little bit? Like you're supposed to be doing that? A hundred percent. But we have lambasted this guy for no showing at majors in, you know, either not getting off the bus or as soon as he's in position, he just goes backwards and plays himself out of it before Sunday even comes. Like, we had a little run last year at the you know at the U.S. Open that where we believed for a little bit on that back nine on Sunday, but other than that, man, he hadn't. And immediately three putts and doubles gone. the next hole, like instantaneously. The moment he was, I think he was within one of the lead. He three putts eleven and double twelve, and you're like, poof, you're gone. And right? it takes a different. And I really do think this is some serious Rotella stuff going on to stand up in that interview afterwards. And just like sight, like here's the great things that happened to me in majors this year. Like obviously yep. incredibly disappointed. Obviously third place means nothing to him, but I, 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 he knows like I played really great golf and I've pulled this up on data golf today, the best player in the world. And I'm using strictly off strokes gained your ability to get the golf ball in the hole compared to everyone else in the world, which is literally means you're the best player in the world. And I know right, it, right. it's very black and white and wins and losses for a lot of people. He's also won three times the last 15 months. But that's not good enough for a lot of people, but best player in the world last one month, Roy McIlroy. Two months, Roy McIlroy. Three months, Roy McIlroy. Six months, Roy McIlroy. Nine months, Roy McIlroy. Eighteen months. I think that one was Rom, and then two years is Rom. Like over the last two years, Rom's technically been better. But like the dude has just played great golf, and I I just don't think everything is all wins and losses. Now to him, it probably is, but at the same time, I think he's like he really he know he, he his immediate reaction was that he thinks this means good things to come for him into the future, which I I don't think that's that's nothing, which I could be, that could be total hopeful and you can shred me all you want for that. But it, that just, I, I, you know, for somebody who's like been beaten and battered over eight years of trying to win these things and dealing with the pressure of that, that he puts on himself and that we put on him, I think that was not nothing. And again, we've said this a lot as well. Rory hasn't been in a lot of majors. That That's like one of the key parts of what the last seven years of major championship golf is you had 18. I mean, it was 15 when he was paired with, or 16 when he was paired with Jordan on Saturday in the final pairing. And he shot 77 at Augusta, right? And didn't make a birdie. Yep. Didn't, didn't make a birdie. I mean, like a taste of it, right? Final pairing Augusta national Saturday doesn't make a birdie shoot 77. And then 18, you know, he misses the bunny with Reed and it was like no show the rest of the day. And that's kind of it. I mean, Carnoustie, he sniffed late because he made an eagle, but he wasn't in that. I mean, it's. I think your point is extremely valid. Is It's felt like this year, on Sunday, he's had chances to win almost all the majors. And that is a very different thing than what we've seen from Rory basically since he was winning majors previously. A quick break here to check in with our friends at Roback. You have heard us talk a lot about Roback, and that is because everyone is talking about Roback. Performance polos are fantastic. They are not your typical boxy polo. they got four-way stretch. It is next level. Material is super soft, stays wrinkle-free, 
Next, their performance quarter zips are a game changer. They are soft. They are the definition of versatile. They're perfect for a cool morning on the golf course, cool evening around town. Again, all of their stuff works so well both on and off the golf course. It's a huge trend, of course, right now in golf clothing wear. Uh, I just personally love it because, especially when I'm on golf trips, I can pack it knowing, look, I'm going to look very I'm going to look very good wearing this on the golf course and also uh, out around town. You don't need to pack two separate things. Lastly, their performance hoodies are the stretchiest, softest hoodies and golf. They're incredible material. They're strong. They're going to be keeping you warm on the golf course. And again, they look great uh, just wearing out casual, whatever you might be doing out around town. They're gaining traction big time. And you can use code NLU at Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. That's Roback.com, R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. 20% 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with code NLU. Back to Shane Bacon. So, yeah, I I, I just kind of I, I would push back on that he's, uh, you know, too much of a media darling to be scrutinized and all that. Because if anything, man... Well, I mean, we love him. We love him. We love but, Rory. He's but if best. anything, he is super accepting of criticism. Like, he, For sure. That's why he he's listens to a lot of the stuff. And like we have said things about him and I've like, I've, you know, had drinks with him and, and asked like, so what's it, you know, like we say blah, blah, blah. And I know you hear some things like what's that? What, what do you think when you say this? He's like, yeah, look, I don't always agree with what you say, but like, you know, you guys do your best to, to, to be fair and you have, you know, you have to be true to yourself. What well, I don't know exact words, but it just like, like not, and you can attest to this, not everyone on the PJ tour or in pro golf is like that. I can promise you that is not the case. I have people coming up to me on the range being like, I heard you said this about me on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it, it's just, it's, I don't know. There's something, some appreciation I have for a, an athlete that makes me feel something when watching it. I said this on the preview. It was like, Tiger, Rory, Spieth are the three like fairy tale storylines that we can have this week. Like Rom winning would not be a storybook. Like it's not like obviously a huge appreciation for his talent and all that. You know, JT winning would not be storybook. It would not be storybook to have Matt Fitzpatrick win another one. It just like those those are the three in my mind. That's not the same for everyone, but it's definitely the same for me. Well, I mean, and and Rory is. And and I, and I know you have this maybe a little bit more speed. I, I don't want to say I don't have it with Jordan. I, I do because, I mean, it's very, very exciting when Jordan's in the hunt. But, you know, Rory's the guy that gets me up in the morning to watch the Irish Open on Thursday, you know. And, I mean, th- there haven't been a lot of guys like that. I mean, I'm sure you're, you're very similar where when Rory McIlroy is in a tournament that's in a weird time zone that's not a major, you're at least going to be refreshing your app to check and see what he did because you're interested in his day-to-day and – you know, it's it's compelling because we understand that in this in the era that we're going to be involved in covering the game, you know, this will be Rory, Spieth, Kepka, DJ to to a certain extent, and that's kind of the group, you know. And I mean, until I guess JT now with two, and like outside of that, it's like join the party, you know. And like we'll see what Colin does, we'll see what Scheffler does, we'll see what Zalatoris does, we'll see what these guys do next, right? Because they're kind of the next group, but. For now, that's kind of this era's rock stars, and Rory is the, in my opinion, at the head of the, the he's the head of the pack, you know. So he's going to be the face of this era. Do do you? I know you were going to uh, mention all the majors this year, and I, and if you don't want to, I mean, I don't want to move you away from now. But was I was just wondering if that was your favorite major? Was the Open your favorite major? Did you? Is there another one that you liked more? Maybe from it's the recency, year? but I just gobbled up everything I possibly could. The old course is just. Uh, you know, it's incredibly special and I, I struggled to, I still struggle to come up with the words to describe it and watching the pros compete. I, I honestly think it goes back to like playing in, in video games as a kid 
and just like trying to drive right. the ninth and tenth greens and lag putt my way around it and avoid <laughs> like I really do think it's just like you can't I don't know you can't replace that and uh, there's something really special about watching you know all the the best golfers in the world compete on it for something that means so much I, I tried to like come up with this in the preview pod too was saying like Look, there's golf tournaments, pro golf tournaments at the old course every year. The Dunhill's there every year. I mean, you can watch right, golf in the year, old course right. every year. And I, I couldn't tell you who won. I know Tyrrell Hatton's won a bunch of them, but like, it just doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean <laughs> the same. And, and we'll get to some live stuff probably, but like, that's, that's where I'm at with like the live stuff is you can get all the best golfers in the world together for the Portland Invitational. That doesn't mean it means anything, right? But 150 years of history just adds a whole nother layer onto a, a tournament mattering for, for my fanhood, at least. And I, I don't speak for everyone with that, but. That was, I mean, that was great. It was such a great venue year. I mean, the last couple of years of venues have been God, great. a little Hadn't struggle, um, you know, compared to what the best years are. And this is, this one's way up there, man. I mean, Brookline and Southern Hills ended up being awesome. And, and this is just, yeah, it's, it's very special. What was your favorite? Country Club was a big winner this year. I'd say when we kind of look back on 22, you know, Southern Hills is great. And I think every time we go to a major, they'll be reminded it's a really good major venue. And the Masters was great for kind of the Sunday charge, right? But, I mean, you're not going to – it's actually in a weird way kind of beautiful that Rory didn't win because it's just a reminder that, again, like you've got to go do it. Like it's not – like if you don't do it, you, nobody cares. And I, I've, I was thinking about how weird of a week it was for the golf gods. I mean, you get the divot at one, right, where they're like, hey, F yeah. you, I don't care. I don't care who's playing. <laughs> Welcome, you'll go Tiger. in a divot if it's – you know, the most, yeah, you go. I don't, do not care about that. So you get like the home of golf where like all of this originated from. And this dude's storybook starts with a divot and he makes double. You get the, the 18th green on Friday where that putt's supposed to go in for birdie because if nothing else, that's on all the packages about Tiger at the old course for the rest of existence. You know, he knocks it in for birdie. And when he made this return in 22, he birdied the last, missing the cut. He doesn't make that. That's a golf gods thing. Let the ball go in the hole, even though you hit a, a, a horrendous putt. And yeah. then Rory. It's like the golf gods were like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You can you can be up 3-1. We do not care. If you don't win the fourth game and you give up the 3-1 lead, you are getting bounced. And uh yeah, it was it was it was again, hey, listen, that's that's the beauty of golf, right? The the home of golf reminding us that golf is unfair. Well, that's yeah, that's just not how golf works. It is uh, it is more often than not a stomach punch and it leaves you coming back for more and it's um I don't know. I guess on the whole backdrop of everything else going on, I think it just uh it all felt a little it had an extra layer to it this year in terms of just like watching dudes compete for shit that matters and uh so it was a, a weird way to, to, you know, book in the year and whatnot. But I just will say kind of if I can, uh, you know, emulate TC and his Cam Smith call here is like, if I can't say I have a good feeling about this, I just want to make a comp here. To this point in his career, Phil Mickelson had won zero majors and he won six after this. And like, if you just go and straight look at like how off like Phil's strokes gained, from 04 to 2013, and we'll throw out 21 that he won a major while he was a below average tour player, which <laughs> that deserves 85 of its own podcast. But like Rory just blows him away, like blows the talent away. He really does. And like, yeah, like maybe maybe it won't work out for him. And maybe, uh, you know, I, I guess I would like to see some data on like Rory's strokes gained and his performance in majors versus regular tour events. Because I think people are going to be a little surprised that it, it nets out that he plays better than average golf compared to his own baseline in majors 
And uh, especially this past year is just off the charts good. So, you know, you think about positive vibes and, you know, next year Rory is going to, in theory, go into Augusta Nash with positive vibes. And we talked about that after the final round, right? I finally have a moment that I can go back to and it be positive. And if if all of it is kind of spun the right way with internally, not just in Rory's head, but in his camp and his team and all that, that you had your best major season ever. I mean, even better than when you won the two majors because you were really in all four of them then the hope is that, like you said, this is all turned into a positive for 2023. God, that's so weird to say. And um, it's all spun into that, and then you go into it. Because I think you're right. You know, win one, win one, and it might be four. You know, win one, and it might be three more. It's just the longer it goes to win the next one, it's, it only makes it harder, and we see it every single time. When he gets close to it, it's like either he doesn't make the late birdie or something. And I want to make it incredibly clear, like you would definitely trade 2022 for 2011, which was a win and, and no other top yes. tens. You would trade that. I would trade that. He would trade it in a heartbeat. I, we're not saying that it replaces it. It just – it's 16 good yeah. rounds in majors versus it just it just means four, it means right? more yeah. than you know than than uh you know not all non-winning finishes are equal is what i always love to say but but we but we have such a hard time with this though i and i find it so silly and i remember i brought this up uh i, I feel like i brought this up either earlier this year or late last year about the like the podium position thing at these golf tournaments especially majors is we don't respect second and third that much you know we we only do it at the olympics yeah. that's it and and it golf's new to the Olympics, but you know we'd watch you watch Tokyo. I mean, you looked how big it was in that playoff to win the bronze medal. And I'm not saying we got to go playoff for third. I mean, I think you obviously would be giving out you know multiple prizes if you will for that. But I just wish that there was some respect or at least kind of a hat nod at these majors for finishing second and third because every time somebody finishes third, it's like wow, man. Like I, I felt that about the Celtics this year. You know, like the Celtics pushed one of the great. Like I mean, the fourth best dynasty, third best dynasty ever in the basketball history. Like pushed them in the playoffs, and like every NBA playoff podcast you listen to after is like, well, what do the Celtics have to do in the offseason? You're like, they were the <laughs> second best team. Like they had a really successful year. They just didn't win at all. And you know, Rory's year in majors, if again you look at it the right way, was a very successful year. It just unfortunately none of them yep. were trophies. And it, it just it, it kind of blew my mind too, looking at Cam Smith and uh, his progression. I was like, man, should I have seen this coming a little bit more? And uh, listen, we've been on it, you know, since <laughs> the beginning of this year at least. But like, he was like an average PGA Tour player as of 2020, like yes. average. And he has worked his ass off to become one of the like this literally the second best player in the world, the World Golf Rankings at this point, major champion now. And he's done it all by like not being like dominant at all off the tee. Like it's all approach play and incredible putting. And we, we've talked a lot about sustainability in recent weeks and months of like, it just feels like the era of Scheffler, Cam, maybe still Rom. I don't know, but it feels like there's a, a group of dudes that like competed in majors this year. He's definitely one of them and it doesn't last forever. And it's like, get it while you can. And he got it. I mean, look, look at Morikawa. Like, look at Morikawa. Look at Morikawa this year. It's like the game just wasn't there. And I'm sure he'll find it again. But these windows are so small in golf. They are crazy small in golf. And look, I mean, Kepka is the best example of this yet, right? He was unbeatable in majors. Unbeatable. He was incredible. He was winning multiple majors in a row. And then... I know he's battled injury, but all of a sudden you don't play great on a Sunday and, you know, it's it's not as easy on Sunday. And then you hit a couple squirrely ones late in the round. You miss the putt that you used to make. 
And, you know, I mean, it just – I think it's important to keep an eye on this because you're so right. These windows for – I mean, Rom, he's got to find the window again now, right? Like, he's got to find that major window again because, obviously, the recipe – wasn't great yeah. this season like it was last season. Yeah, and Brooks, I mean, Brooks did have a runner-up in the, in the PGA last year, but he got beat by 50-year-old Phil Mickelson also. Like, that's like, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the prior version of Brooks would not have let that happen, and now there's a little scar tissue there. He's had struggles in majors. Now the question is, how do you find it again in major championships? And now you're on the Rory cycle, and it could last eight years. But you know who's in that cycle right now? Jordan Spieth. It Jordan is Spieth. not good. Um, it has been oh, Solly, the putting dude. I, I did his group on Sunday. Like the putt on nine was was one of the worst putts I've ever seen a pro hit. Really, in my what life. happened? If you I like five feet straight at it, really simple. He kind of like limped it up short left. Oh. It was it didn't have enough. Like, it's a putt that pros hit with so much speed it annoys yeah, yeah. you. You know the ones that they go in and you're like, Man, if you miss that, how far back? Because they, they don't yeah. miss them, you know? You're always like, is it eight feet back you have? Is that the putt back? Because it looks like you were just jamming these in the hole. And he, he hit it. Like, I play with guys that do what he did. Like I've been there before in my golf game where you're so scared of the comebacker that the putt never had a chance in your mind even before you put the ball down and move your mark. And, you know, it. he, he three-putted eight. He misses this. And he was rocking. Like, he he didn't birdie. Uh, he had a short birdie, I think, on one. He had a good chance. Then he birdied two and three. And then he birdies a par five. And you're kind of like, all right, man, the guy's rocking. And then he hits it in there close on seven. And when he hit it in close on seven and he made it, you know, we're sitting there. I mean, I'm doing his group. You know, you're like, maybe he goes out there and does, like, shoot 63 or something fun and then he three putts eight misses a short one on nine and then it was kind of that back and forth round and it's a good finish from Jordan but again like you don't make five footers I mean if you're not if you're not confident over five footers it's going to be it eventually going to catch up with you no matter if you're the best ball striker in the world and obviously Jordan isn't the best ball striker in the world right I got now. bad news for you this was his best putting performance in a major this year he was negative this the, the open, open was. was he was plus 0.28 this year at the open and he was – The putting stats it, are wild. I don't know how much I trust the, all the stats that have come out of the NTT well, yeah, the the yes, yes, data. Yes, yes, was, yeah, yeah. was having yeah. a tough time on the old course, I think. But yes. U.S. Open, he was negative 0.12. PGA, negative 0.72. And the Masters, negative 0.6. And it's all via data golf. But. Unreal. And, and, and Solly, if you look at his stats, you know how they do the, the dive? They dive deep into, like, the three putts from three feet, four feet, five feet, six feet on PGA Tours website. When you look at those stats on speeds, almost all of those numbers, he's 180, 190, or even in the 200s in some of those categories, in those putts, you know, from 10 feet in. It's, it's not good. It's not good when the kid that virtually never missed anything outside of three feet doesn't feel very comfortable from five to eight feet and they don't seem to go in anymore and he's had flashes his game is not as bad as it was sometime in those stretches from 2018 to you know whatever 2020 that was really not good and he had some freak major finishes in there but he's been better but you know at least you know not to bring everything back to Rory from and during this major drought, Rory still played really, really, really good golf over an extended period of time. Had some bad dips in there, but he hasn't fallen off the way Spieth had fallen off. And just Spieth is just not 
not gotten all the way back. He has truly not gotten all the way back. I didn't really even trick myself into it happening this past week, which that says a lot, I think. Like, I am willing to be tricked and convinced that it – I don't know. There was You tweeted that he was T4, I think, on Sunday. I think when he birdied seven, you're like, just to let everybody know. It was know, just – I didn't want to Jordan, alarm anybody. Jordan Spieth is T4. Uh, Sully, I have a prediction for you. I have, a, I have a Jordan Spieth prediction. Okay. I think by the Masters next year, we could see – Jordan Spieth with a mallet. I I I think a ma- I think this will be a little bit like remember when we had, when Tiger had the mallet at Bell Reeve? Oh, was yeah. it Bell Reeve when he was kind of putting with that weird mallet putter? Well, he did it, yeah. But back even back in like 2011, he had that weird Nike putter. Uh, at, yes, at yes, 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 yes. The, it was like a method. Yep. Um, I uh, I think we could see maybe a a switch because you know like those are that's where it helps. I mean, the mallet tends to help you in that kind of range. And it is not confident right now. So, I mean, I'd at least like to see him throw something in there for a couple weeks and take the gamer out and just feel like, see if anything feels different. Don't go full Dustin, but maybe throw something in there and just see if it feels a little bit different in tournament conditions. Throw something in there, trick yourself into thinking that that's your new putter, and then when you go back to the old one, your instincts will be so much better. Like he needs Auto love. Immediately fall back He needs a it. different different look to it. or It just looks like, and this is total, complete, I'm not a technical expert at all, it looks like he is really uncomfortable with his eye level. Like he looks like he is struggling to figure out like where his eyes should be when he lines up putts. And it just, he knows so quickly when it comes off his face that it's not going in. And I'm like, dude, how is that not concerning, man? Like how, <laughs> how have you not figured that out? Right. There's gotta be some kind of, you know, I don't, I, that's where, again, I don't know the technical aspect of any of this, but uh, it's like right on contact. You're like, Nope, Nope. That was not it. That was not the right one. That was not the right one for then. And so that means he's standing, over it with uh, with not very much confidence and yeah you're just not gonna you're not gonna win majors that way that way we know for sure but so what did you what did you make of one the question being asked to cam smith about live in the press conference afterward to his answer three uh what does this all mean if it looks like it does look like yeah i mean i, I mean i think the question is completely respectful I mean I think you can ask those questions at any of these places at this point because that's very newsworthy right I mean you win the open people want to know you lose the open people want to know uh it sure seemed like he was ducking behind the question as quick as he could and uh yeah I mean it's just all all this stuff is a bummer you know I I posted that thing on Twitter with the Henrik Stinson news and the quote he had about you know how much of an honor it was to be named Ryder Cup captain and you, I mean, you said it a few minutes ago about the whole live, you know, Portland thing is you, you think of like the real great moments in golf and it was, you know, the Ryder cup last year, you know, the Americans finally play the way they know they can play the emotion on Sunday, on Sunday from Rory, right? One of the great moments of the year, this guy getting emotional in a loss and, and taking the blame personally and feeling terrible for letting his team down and mentioning, you know, I'd never been sat before in a Ryder Cup, playing for $0. No no money at all, right? You think about – I think back to the Masters when Tiger won and how coming up that short basically ruined the next two years of Molinari's career, right? Coming that close to winning a green jacket, he was that close to joining a company that simply asks, do you have the game for 72 holes of this golf course to win? That's, the all, that's all you got to do. There, there's no – you don't have to be the richest person in the world. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world. Like, you got to play – effing good golf for four days at Augusta National in April and if you don't you're not in that crew and Molinari couldn't handle it for two years after because he came so close and he was like tasting it right he could taste it on 12t and it's just that 
that's why it matters to us because we can see the it matters to them and it mattered to Rory, you know, like the whole Kyle Porter story that he wrote at the end where it's Rory's putting his head on his wife's shoulders driving off in a golf cart. Like that moment of just shit, man, I didn't get it done. You know, like I, I, I'm going to have to think about this for a long time. And it's, it's so important in sport right now because these athletes make so much money that all of that's gone away. You know, you used to read the gamers on the PGA tour, you know, old newspaper stories. And it was about how much money they won. And that's kind of gone away because, the money doesn't matter. What does five million or three million or eight million or twelve million mean to you and I? Like it doesn't mean anything because it all just seems like a whole bunch of money. And so the only thing that we can, the only time we can feel it mattering, is when it matters for more than the money and all that stuff. And like this year's been perfect example of that. Is some of the heartbreaking defeats at these majors, and you know the moments these people step up, like Zalatoris making that putt for par on the seventy second hole, and just his reaction and how genuine and honest it was dude like this was why I loved covering the USGA stuff you know when I used to do and I'm doing some of it this year which I'm so pumped about um, I'm getting a chance to do like a couple of the USGA stuff later is it was just passion man like you and I do it like you and I play for it my wife asked me all the time what do you get if you win nothing like nothing nothing you get nothing she doesn't quite understand it what do you mean you get nothing I'm like I'm playing because I want to be competitive and I think about I, I brought this up before, but there was like this story about when they filmed Eight Mile, where Eminem had lost his voice, and they were they were rehearsing rappers for the battles, and so he had to just stand up there with the mic, and they wouldn't allow him to rap because they didn't want his voice to get worse, and I guess there was like a moment where Eminem was like, "Yo, you got to turn the mic on. Like I'm I can't let these people come at me. It is in my blood to come back at them because I can't just sit here and have them rag on me, and." It's, you know, again, it's like you could be a billionaire and deep down, if you're a competitor, you want to be competitive. And that's the thing that this will never, at least for the foreseeable future, until it's, if it stays around for 20 years or whatever, like that's not going to be there. And I care about that because I know it matters to them. And I think you're very much the same way. And if it doesn't really matter to somebody that much, it's really hard to write something or talk about something passionately, you know? Yeah, and I, I guess I, I really don't think I haven't gotten any of my takes out, but it, it uh, it's a it's a constant <laughs> fight on on Twitter to kind of try to like, well, what what's the, I don't understand what's the big deal about somebody making a, a great career move for them? It's like, like on an individual basis, I just want to emphasize, like, does a lot of this stuff make sense? Like for Henrik Stenson and for blah 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 to like do this to make a lot more money? Like, let's just I have no idea how much Stenson's getting paid. Let's just call it fifty million dollars. Like, hey Henrik, is the Ryder Cup captaincy worth fifty million dollars? to you no it's not I'm gonna take the money like okay like I I totally get why he makes that decision I do I also understand why that bums me the fuck out like <laughs> that right, sucks exactly like, I care the most about watching like dudes compete in the like it comes back to uh, uh, yeah it really just comes back to my favorite event the Ryder Cup if a guy like agreed to like lead like a bunch of his old you know current and fo- and you know old you know guess new colleagues or whatnot, countrymen and, and country, uh, continent men, whatever you want to call it, agreed to do that. And then it's like, ah, you know what? I kind of changed my mind three months later. Like, I, I kind of want the Saudi money now instead. Like, that bums me the fuck out. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not sorry. Like, that's just that's just where it comes down to for me. And so much of, like, 
you know, uh, congr- yeah, keep rooting for the monopoly and all this sh- shit that I'm just like, no, dude, like, I just, like, why do I watch the NBA when I do? It's because I like watching people compete at the highest level. And I'm not mad at these dudes for taking, getting a lot of money to do that job. Like, I wouldn't it be super weird if Steph Curry left and took $800 million from the Saudis to go play in their basketball league? Yeah, that'd be really weird. How are people, like, the people that are not seeing it at this point, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, they're not listening this far into the episode anyways, but it, it, it <laughs> they might, not, they might, they might've got out right when you started the, the live stuff, but yeah, I mean, you can't tell you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're so right about the, the bummer part of this, because again, like the Ryder cup might not look the same and the president's cup might not look the same. And these events where if nothing else, you know, it matters to the player, it, you know, like, you know, it matters to them. I, that, that's one of the things I've actually turned a bit on the president's cup. You know, I used to rag yeah. on it a bit, but then you, you just see how much like it matters to Homa this year to make the President's Cup team and how much of an honor it'll be if he gets to play for the team and just how much it means that you're one of the best in the world to do this, right? At least one of the best in the country. That That's cool. And like getting to see him play for country and all that stuff, like sure it gets played up a bit, but you can see it really matters to people. And that and you can watch it, that and the entertainment can be there without being tied to the final result, which the final result has not been in question for 20 years, but like right. I, it, it can be they fun. They still care. Yeah, it can be yeah. fun and entertaining. Yeah. There's team aspects to it and there's interesting stuff going on with it. And I am totally with you. I have shat on it for years and I declared after the Ryder Cup last year, it's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. I, I love the team golf. I love all the, the dynamics of it. And We're in. Yeah. You, you, and I, you and I are, you and I are, we, Davis Love, shoot us a note. We'll, we'll be there we'll be there in red white and blue all day (laughs) yeah we'll see how we feel after the first round at quail hollow but what uh we haven't talked about this yet anywhere as rom kind of put out a call it came out sunday morning and i was like not not now john um hair bob herrick's article is saying like uh he wants sergio to be able to be available for the Ryder cup team or something basically along the lines of something needs a deal needs to be reached with these guys where do you stand on that is it is it time for the tours to come to the negotiating table with greg Greg Norman and Liv, I can't believe that's a, a, a real question. but <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, this, this kind of goes back to what you said off the top about, like, 2015 pods versus now, is that I have no idea what the end solution of this is. I, I think I sent a message out to our group the other day and said, you know, what's best-case scenario for all this? Because I don't know what the answer is. Like, I don't know who needs to come together. I don't know who needs to play where. I mean, obviously, if – if 20 more guys that matter go to live, then golf's probably going to have to figure some sort of thing out. I just don't know what that is. You know, that's kind of one of those, like, it's such a cop-out, but it seems like it's above my pay grade. I'm trying to figure out, in my mind, what I think is the best solution for everybody involved because my fear is golf, you know, and I mean, no knock to tennis, but I mean, and I know a lot of people said this, but if golf becomes tennis – then the sport loses a big part of what it is. And I don't want it to be that sport. You know, I, I want Riviera to matter. I want Bay Hill to matter. I want the Memorial to matter. I want the match play to be fun. I want the waste management to be bananas. Like, there is a lot of golf on TV, and I think you and I stand in, in a similar shadow here about a little less golf would make the sport more compelling. But there are weeks that aren't majors that are awesome. And I think we in the golf world sometimes forget to say that. Because we roll our eyes at stuff so often that there are awesome golf events. There are Sundays when the event is even one of our favorites, and we're going to turn it on because the leaderboard's great. And I don't want to lose that, yeah. you know. And so that's my fear is as a consumer and as a golf fan, first and foremost, which you and I are, business aside, 
fan fandom aside, we like to watch golf. I want to still be able to watch golf and be entertained. And that's the biggest fear for me right now is if it becomes less entertained, if the entertainment gets lessened on both ends. And it is also, you would probably agree with me as well, there are some stinker weeks on the PGA Tour. It is not, of course, it is not a 10 out of There's 10. There's stinker NBA games. Yeah. There's stinker Monday Night Football games. Like, there are stinker sporting events all the time. Like, every sport deals with yep. it, right? And it's it's on us at times to find the storylines, right? Why do you? Why should you matter about this week when Rory's not there and Spee's not there and Rom's not there and DJ's not there, right? Why do you care about this? And... That's at times on us to find the story, and if you don't find the story, it might not be. Maybe there. you're not doing your job. It might not be there. Yeah, also. And it, may be, it, it might. It also might not be there. It also might literally be journey people playing to make 650k and move on to the next week. But that is a thing in all of sport, and I think again, I think we lean on it a little too much. Is that we focus a little too much on the events that aren't that much fun, and that takes away at times from the events that either are fun or are really fun. And listen, the majors are the majors, and they're always going to be 57 times more important and impactful than anything else. But, like, I have fun on Sundays watching golf if it's compelling, yep. you know, and I don't want to lose I, – I don't want to lose that because all of a sudden it's going to be a lot harder for us to do our jobs, you know? I find my, my current stance on it being very similar to how I feel about the current political environment in terms of, like <laughs> – like I just spent this much time ripping on this guy, and then a worse option came about. Like, oh well, shit! Now this guy that I've been ripping on, like that's that's the best option right now. I got a, this thing that I think is like a three out of ten of you know in terms of in alignment on how you're entertaining me and all these things. Like that's kind of who I would rather hitch my wagon to, and uh, it has turned it you know it, for some people us into thinking that we're being bribed by the PGA Tour to. You know, well, are, are you like, have you watched, have you watched the lives? Like, have you watched any of the live stuff? Like, have you tuned in? Have you consumed it? Like I tried to watch a little bit of Portland final. Portland was the second one, right? Portland was the second one. Yeah. Portland final round. You know, like I want to, I want to at least see what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like I want to see what it looks like. I want to see, I, I want to go into it as honest as I can as a person that is in and around this sport. Like, is it entertaining? Is it not? Is it fair? Is it not? Is it fun? Is it not? Are the teams fun? Are they not? Does it have potential? Does this have potential? Because there's a lot of it that is different, right? I mean, it's a lot of it that looks a lot different. And different can be very scary to a lot of a, a lot of the time. Yeah. But is any of it positive? Is any of it good? And, you know, I mean, it, like, outside of the political spectrum of it and everything like that, I've, I've tried to consume it from that end. And to this point, I have been un underwhelmed yes. <laughs> on the entertainment side, is what I'll say. I've been – all of the other stuff aside, just simply, am I watching a golf tournament? Am I entertained? And to this point, it hasn't hit me in that regard. There's a lot of good happening. They have done way better through two events than I would have ever thought. I mean, we were kind of laughing at the rollout of this thing as of, as of the draft party. I thought it would be – Honestly, thinking back to uh, your friends at Fox running their first U.S. Open, I thought that's like what it would be like. I thought it'd be like, dude, run. You know this, like running golf tournaments is and, and telecasting them is a so, so hard, hard, so hard. And candidly, they made it look pretty easy in their first go. That was a stunner to me. Now, when I watch it, I I've, every time I've tried to tune it in, twenty minutes in, I'm like. I'm good. Like I see what it's about. Like I'm curious. I'm. I really want to see like what's going on here. But like I don't even find myself looking at the leaderboard. I don't find myself 
caring about any of the shots hit. There's no consequence to it. There's no right. rooting element to it. And maybe we'll get there. Maybe we will. Maybe in five years when you know the Crushers have traded for Brooks and now it's Brooks and Bryce <laughs> on the same team. And Every time you say the team name, I die. I know. It's just like, it doesn't matter yeah. which team name it is. It's hilarious every single time. I crack up every time. I mean, that, like you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're spot on. It's just – it's – yeah, it's – you 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 it feels a little bit like the latest about five Star Wars movies to me where like I was a big Star Wars fan you know I'm a big golf fan early on but now if I put on one of the new Star Wars movies the last three four five Mandalorian all that stuff's like I'm gonna be on my phone 20 minutes into it you know I'm just I'm not gonna be able to I've I've kind of given my commitment elsewhere and I think I'm I'm pretty invested in that world and that's where, yeah, it maybe it, you know, maybe OWGR points changes that a little bit. Maybe it's, you know, there is a little bit of, uh, I don't know. I still come back to it. it's like, well, there's two different simultaneous like leagues going on here, and like candidly, like I don't even pay that much attention to the DP World Tour these days, right? I mean, it, right? It, it, it's it's just hard to keep track of everything going on, and adding another league to this that's going to further divest or distract or divide whatever the word is uh the the best golfers and the interesting stuff going on like I just I can't I can't see that where it ends up being a great thing and uh I don't know it it, it, where do you stand on the OWGR front and the what 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 the tours should do what the majors should do what are your opinions on that well you know I mean I I think that the invitational side of this stuff where you basically are getting to pick who gets to play your tournaments is a big question mark in terms of getting approved for OWGR, right? I mean, the fact that it's limited, it's shortened, there's no cut, you know, all of kind of the rules to an OWGR tournament are a bit thrown out the window. You know, there, there is, there is competition there somewhere. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got big names, you've got major winners, you've got people that are in right now ranked high. And I think if you and I were going to do a draft of the top hundred best players in the world, a lot of those guys would go in our draft, and they'd go – some of them probably go higher than most people might even think. So it is competitive. I just – I don't know how you give out world ranking points at golf tournaments that look like they look right now. Yeah. And I do think that before they're going to get close to that process, it's going to be two or three more iterations of this, if not ten more iterations of it, to get to that level. And they're going to have to get to that level, or as DJ Pajowski laid out perfectly online – and. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen a other, couple other people on, on Twitter kind of put out some potential OWGR kind of charts over the next few, uh, few weeks and years. You know, it's going to be bleak. It's going to be bad. I mean, Tiger dropping out of the top 1,000 in the world. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that Tiger was playing relatively, you know, yeah. eight, nine, ten events right a year. And now when you're not playing golf, you drop re- relatively quickly. So we'll see what they do with the Asian Tour thing. Again, I, you're, 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 you're talking about wrinkles, right? You're talking about the DP world being – that wrinkle that in your world and I and I'm exactly right there with you Solly like it's it's the piece of the pie I haven't eaten yeah. yet this year like you have kids you've got a wife yeah. you've got a life <laughs> like we've got other things like you've got a whole business you're running there is going to be a part of this that you just don't tune into and now you're adding Asian tour to it I'm like man I like I can't I just can't you know like I I can't of all the live storylines right now the only thing I care about is is Bryson actually going to start playing good golf again? That's like all I care about is because I'm always interested in Bryson yep. DeChambeau. You know, I mean, always interested in Bryson the golfer. I was interested in how he played over the weekend at St. Andrews, and I find Bryson's golf game compelling. I found it compelling when he was an amateur, when we were covering him on the U.S. Amateur. I, I found it compelling when he was playing that shark shootout with Lexi, and I still find him compelling. And so 
Bryson's like the one person in that whole sphere that I care about, and it's simply because of his golf game and his golf game alone. Yeah, and I think it uh, it probably fair criticism of us so far is that we've we've just as soon as somebody commits, we've shat on them in some way, which it's honestly probably <laughs> pretty fair. But like for the most yeah, part, right. it has been guys that are somewhat have somewhat lost their fastball in some way, or have been hurt, or have at least a many aged out a many panic of like, ooh, I don't know if it's there anymore. I would say that's Kepka. I will say, Cam, if they get Cam. That is a complete polar opposite of anyone they've gotten to this point. It is obviously quite literally in his prime and has probably many years left of his prime on his way up, currently achieving great things, currently high in the official world golf rankings. And at no point are we like, that's, you know, he, he's no longer is what he used to be. That is a devastating one. And the Hideki rumors, which are extremely strong, so much smoke, and it's sad how this works now, but when there's this much smoke and you don't come out and deny it, it's like, well, okay, that's not great. Right. That's a tough one. And even if you and even if you do come out and deny it, you still might go. Correct. Also, also a thing, you know. <laughs> but like the the thing, okay, so but Solly, what's so wild, like the Stinson thing, you know, and I mean, Henrik Stinson has been this rider cupper. Like, I bet if I asked you to say three things about Henrik Stinson, Ryder Cup would be in one of those three. Yeah. You know, I mean, you'd talk about the open. And you probably talk about his sunglasses, and then you probably talk about Ryder Cups because he's been in so many of them. It's a part of who he is. And the Cam thing is is similar to me. Is you know Cam has come out so often and talked about I don't need any more money. I don't even know how much money I'm getting. You know, blah 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 blah, which is still probably true. Even if they paid him five hundred million, he still probably doesn't know five hundred million to two million what would really be the difference, right? Cam just seems like a dude that wants to compete against the best. That's the thing that makes no sense to me is you nailed it. The So many of the people that have gone to live are similar. They're, they're, they're older players, and when I say older, they're 40-somethings that just aren't as consistent as they used to be. Maybe it's because of practice. Maybe it's simply because of skill. Whatever it is, it is. And then you have some other guys like Kepka and, you know, before St. Andrews, Bryson, and some of those players, Dustin even, that – you know, they they probably aren't as as diehard history golfers as maybe we thought they were. Maybe Bryson is, but whatever. But, like, Cam Cam seems like that's all he wants to do in golf is to play Rory on Sunday at St. Andrews or to play JT on Sunday at Sawgrass, right? Like, that to me is who he is. And by doing this, you kind of almost question what you thought about them, the golfer, right? Like, not the person, but the golfer because – it, it's just going to be a little less competitive. Like, that's the the long and the short of it is 54 holes against 20 really freaking good golfers and 20 good golfers is different than playing 140 where maybe there's 20 good golfers but 70 really good golfers and 40 dudes that can win too, you yeah. know? I mean, it's just different. I was going to say, to the camp point, he clearly doesn't, like – based on his usual decision making down the stretch of big money events, he doesn't care about money that much. Like he That's he right. is willing to bet a lot of it. That's right. Um he, he's not he's not he's not hitting it down there for T four. Exactly. He's like, I think I can make eagle. I mean double eagle to win, I'll do it. That, yeah, that's a really good point in terms of like that's where I'm just like always left like what am I what am I watching? What am I doing here? Like what am I rooting for a guy's bank account or am I like, do I care about the result of this golf tournament? Right. And that's where I, because I do not care how much money you win. Like, I don't care at all. Like, the purse increases over the last two years when they come out at the majors. It's like, 
I don't need. It doesn't even mean anything. It makes it a little more exciting to be. Uh, I think a little bit of like, oh shit, Honorbon the Hero might win two million bucks for finishing runner up at the players. Like, that's kind of interesting here. Like this putt is for a like million. For bucks. one tweet, yeah. yeah, for one tweet yeah. or one comment, and then it kind of goes away, yeah. right? Like you're you're probably not included in your gamer, you right. know, if you're Dylan to share. Like it's probably not landing in your storyline. So I don't know. I just it's it's so wild. It bums me out. Is it? I know it bums you out. I've been in some text conversations this week about leaving the old course in the home of golf and going right back into this, and you're just you're just reminded that, you know, you kind of sometimes want to go back to the knicker days where they're just like playing with the 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 wooden clubs and you're you nobody know, and you win like eighty dollars when they win the Open Championship. Well, let's do something way more exciting or happy on your way out of here because okay, I know you got to run. But I'm struggling to think of a time that I've been more jealous slash happy for my friends than watching you guys play golf. Into the sunset in Scotland. Uh, well, we missed you, by the way. Playing, so, yeah, I, I just know. Want you to know you were playing missed. in the uh, the 150th Open and and all that went with that. And I don't even really have a question with that. I just want you to tell me, just make me a little bit more jealous as to how great the golf was. Well, I mean, you and I played Ely together. The only other time I ever played it, we played it in some serious, just mega wind that day. It was nasty, nasty, nasty. It was not that windy. It was still blowing, but uh, one of the highlights is. <laughs> I mean, I know you've played golf with the egg before, but walking around a new course with Andy that he likes. That one, it for is, sure, will blow his mind, yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it was, it's like you go to, like, a dinosaur museum with your three-year-old, <laughs> you know, where just everything is fucking awesome. And, like, he was just everything, pointing everything. You finish a hole, and he would give you a summation of why the hole is excellent. And then you get to the next hole, and you'd be like, look at this tee box. It was... It was a really fun experience to do that with Andy in Scotland. I mean, on his first trip, um, I, uh, I, you know, Porter's the best. I mean, I, I spent a lot. Of, I spent more time with Kyle than I've spent with him in a long time, if ever, uh, over these few days. And I'm reminded of how lovely a human being Kyle is. And um, he made a few birdies, which was always fun. Uh, Smarten played with us. Yeah, I, like these people are in our lives, but they're not physically in our lives. You know, like we see them, we see them in passing, we text with them. You know, you. You reply on Twitter, you know, a few times a week. But when you get to like Joel Beal is a good example. Like I've never really spent time with him before. And we rode in a car, you know, down the North Barrack two and a half hours and we're shooting the shit about everything. And it's like it's like we're pa- you know, it's like we're instantaneous pals. And it's it's a reminder of why you do it. It's a reminder of why you love it. The like Crail, I've never played Crail. You know, we're playing that, we're teeing off at six PM, you know, it's it's just it was it was so it was such an added bonus to a great week that was already fun for me and you know you like you become best buddies again and you're like all right we'll see you at the masters you know all right we'll see you at the president's cup like we'll play sunday morning at augusta you know in and around augusta somewhere but i, I don't know i i like we all are similar in ways we are very different in ways but like playing golf with you or playing golf with andy or playing golf with poor ath or kvv or you know the list goes on and on really and you know, when you're out on the golf course and you're looking over and they're smiling about a good shot or laughing about a bad shot and they're getting frustrated or they're getting happy because it's they've got, like Porter was clicking at uh, at Ely. Kyle's like swing was yeah. clicking. And like we're, we're partners and he's walking off tees and he's like, dude, I've got it. He was hitting this like this slow, like he'd slowed down the driver and hitting this bleeder cut right down the middle of every fairway. And it was That's just links. like, you know, he's kind of. He's smiling yeah. like he's got this big smile on his face. He's like, I found it, you know. And like Kyle never gets to do that yeah. stuff, you know. I mean, Kyle's not getting to go on these like lengthy golf guide trips. I mean, he's got you know he's got the family at home and he's got a lot of responsibility. And so uh, it was, it was just a beautiful week, I'd say, in a lot of different ways. And uh, 
I left uh, I left renewed and, and refreshed in terms of golf and you know I'll roll right into getting to play Connecticut Open next week which I'm excited about and um, I'm gonna I think I'm taking my son out for my practice round nice. on Friday <laughs> I think I'm gonna like ride around in the cart and like just see the holes in an hour and a half until he loses his, his shit but um, it's uh it yeah I mean I, I'm bummed that we don't have a major coming up soon but I think personally I feel to, I feel very refreshed from the whole experience that's fantastic no it's a I just I can't imagine much more fun golf than in the evening on a firm on firm Scottish golf courses where you can play until midnight really if you really wanted to and it's uh, it looked. We were off. chasing it at Ely, dude. Like it was uh, Porter was Porter re hit a putt on sixteen that he like missed a putt and he like pulled it back and he's like, We do not have time for that. <laughs> like, we have got to go. Like we have two holes left and we can barely see anything. And I mean, on seventeen we all hit our T shots like, no yeah. clue. You know, I mean absolutely no clue. But your kids again. Yeah. You know, like you're coming back to the hotel and like Tariko's walking out and you got your clubs at 1130 at night, you know, and like he didn't even say yeah. anything, just like smiles at you, you know, like he gets it. It's uh, it was yeah. that, by the way, of all the places in golf I've ever been, even more than like under the tree at Augusta, just walking around the old course, like you're going to run into three golf people, you know, like it is it is inevitable that you see Jimmy Roberts getting a coffee or, you know, like you walk by Porath and they're doing something with the RNA. It was just like it was. Around that little area, where it was almost impossible. If you followed golf Twitter, you were going to have a good day. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, you successfully made me even more envious than I already was. But uh, well, maybe we'll we'll change that up for Hoy Lake. So we'll we'll see if we can figure that out. But I, so hey, what is it? Do y'all not like? Do you not like to travel to the majors on the weekend because it's just so much easier to kind of do your job around yes, the TV? Yes, it is. And I mean, it makes it sense. does. And this is this one. We leave for Taurus Sauce in two days. And this was, you know, we're going to be out of the country for two weeks. And it was kind of like, oh, is that do people know where you're going? No, they don't. Okay. Uh, wow, it's kind of like it was kind of going to be a little tough on the home front to be like, yeah, we're going to be home for, you know, basically gone for four <laughs> weeks. That was just going to be a tough one this year, but hoping to kind of figure out a way to, to do our live shows yet be on, in person. It's just tough. I mean, you know this, like getting off, getting off the golf course and getting to a quiet place with video and connection really is hard. not that easy. And a lot of places you can't go live on site and all that stuff. So it's just easier usually for us to watch on TV. But um, yeah, it, you, it's one of those you wish you could truly be in two places at once. So but. I know, I know. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we miss you guys, and it's, it, was, it was fun. I mean, we, we had like uh, the whole Kyle Porter picture online when his face looked like it <laughs> melted off. We, uh, I mean, it was funny. We were like all hanging out, and then Shipnuck walks by. We're like, "Come on in!" Like, here you go. And like, I remember some guy walked by. He's like, "I follow all of y'all on Twitter." You know, like, like Shackleford and Shipnuck and Porter and Smarten and Porath. It was like all of you guys. Like, I know you follow. If you follow one of these people, you follow all of these people. It was pretty hilarious. All right, cool. We'll we'll meet up with you guys that live Bedminster, and we'll all catch up then. If <laughs> oh, <God>. No, thank you. <laughs> we'll sign off on that, Shane. Really appreciate the time, buddy. I know Anytime, we don't do this buddy. as often as we used to, but I know we got a lot going on, but it's always great having you back on and always appreciate it. Anytime, dude. Anytime. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 